welcome to the Motorsport Coaching Podcast, sponsored by Motivate Training and Management. This is a podcast where we talk to drivers and industry experts to help you maximize your performances on and off the track. Let's get started with today's show. guys, welcome to episode 94 of the Motorsport Coaching Podcast. I am your host, Belinda Risley, and this week I'm joined by former Olympic swimmer, David Harasek, who has now over the last three years been studying the world of sports psychology. He started his business, The Tribe of Athletes, and he's got some fantastic golden nuggets for you in today's show. If you are enjoying these shows, we'd really appreciate it if you could head over to your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review to go in the draw for our monthly prizes, which will be starting again from the 1st of July to the fourth Thursday of every month. We'll announce those winners. I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, Dave. Welcome to the Most Sport Coaching Podcast. Thanks for having me, Belinda. It's good to be here. Well, today, guys, I'm joined by sports psychologist David Karasek. Yeah. I say it right. Don't worry, the audience knows that I'm really bad at name pronunciation, so they would just laugh with me anyway. But yeah, I'm there's, you know, sounds familiar, sounds familiar. Hey. Sounds real, fantastic. Well, welcome to the show. Um, so you're a sports psychologist. Um, how'd you get into that? Tell us a little bit about you. Yeah. So look, I, I was a, I was a swimmer when when I was younger, and so my highlight was the Olympic Games 2012. But I kind of went through life very unaware of what was going on. Everything was kind of an autopilot. I I didn't feel, and I, you know, I didn't know how powerful our mind is, and that we literally can create our own environment and like the career and the life that we love. Because what I always encourage and people to think about is that let's like look this water bottle for example, right? This is something that existed in somebody's mind as an idea, as a thought, just a thought first. And with time, it moved into actual physical form. The microphone here, it's something that existed as a thought only first in the mind. And with time, it moved into physical form. And when we're speaking about sports, Michael Jordan, for example, he had a dream to be the best basketball player. It was just a thought, an idea. And with time, he actually moved it into physical form. So... This is, I'm not, animals can't do that. We can literally create, like, I mean, look around. Everything that's not green and grown by Mother Nature is we created that shit with our mind, right? So it's yep. fascinating. And I never knew about that. So, you know, there was a guy about three years ago, there's a guy who's starting to wake me up to this. And I found it so fascinating. And I got into the topic. It's like, okay, this is, this is what I want to be doing for the rest of my life. And, and that's what I've been doing. As a swimmer, were you not privy to it even nine years ago? Yeah. You know, like you read these quotes, like if your dream is not big enough or if your dream doesn't scare you, it's not big enough, right? And you're like, oh, yeah, it sounds good or never give up and, you know, always prevail. And yeah, yeah, it sounds good. But I didn't really know what that means. I, I didn't know what it really meant. Like I read these quotes, but it didn't really make sense to me. Like it makes sense on a superficial level, but not like really, really what that means. And I was always wondering how, why does it work for these people? Why doesn't it work for me? And all, but I didn't come to any, any, any conclusions until I started to learn about how the mind works. Cause it's like, it's a, it's a science behind it. it there's, there's laws just like gravity. We learn, you know, think of a baby. Or, or a cliff that goes 100 meters down. If you and I stand on a cliff, we know if we take the next step, we're going to die because we're going to fall and we're going to die. But think of a baby that's like crawling there. That will continue to go over the cliff and it will die because it's not aware 
of what gravity is yet. So we had to learn that. And what I'm saying is there is more laws that the universe operates in, like the law of attraction and these things. And we have to learn about them because they're in school. They don't teach us about, you know, how to deal with relationships. They don't teach us about confidence. They don't teach us about how to make money. And so they also didn't teach us about these laws and we have to take time and learn about them. And that's, yeah, it's a fascinating topic, you know. <laughs> so, but as an athlete yourself, did you not do any sort of mental training back there? So you, you honestly feel like over the last nine years, well, three years for yourself, that you kind of learned it and switched on. Is that something that you wish that you did know back in 2012? Yeah, you know, even before that, I mean, like, you know, this, I, I don't have regrets because I did the best that I could to my abilities with who I, with what I knew and who I knew and who I was around, right? So I don't have regrets, but I, if I could go back in time, this is definitely the, the one thing that I would say, like, well, you know, it would be really cool if somebody told me about this and then I could make a choice as like, okay, I want to investigate that because I always say, like, don't believe me, just try it on for size. You know, see if it fits you, see how you feel. And if it makes you feel good, if you're loving it, if it resonates, then dig deeper. And if you don't, then, you know, leave it. But I would wish I had that choice when I was younger because I'm sure my career would have gone differently for sure. Well, Davey, see, I'm very passionate about sports psychologists. For those that don't really know or understand what sports psychologist is, uh, can you explain a little bit further? Yeah. So I think what um, for me, what it is, is to create the sports career of your dreams. It's not about fixing yourself. You know, a lot of people think that, oh, I need to see a sports psychologist because I have a problem because I doubt myself and, and something is not going well. And so and the problem with that is because I know athletes they have been seeing a sports psychologist every week for eight years and nothing has changed. And the reason is they keep focusing on what's not working. So they, they come and they operate under the idea that there's something wrong with them and that I got to fix something. But it's not true. You know, when we do, when we run trainings and we're sharing in groups of, of athletes, of professional athletes, you know, when the people share and start to open up, you realize, well, everybody has these problems. Everybody has worth issues. Everybody has, I'm not good enough feelings. Everybody has, even at the Olympic champion level. So like when you realize that it's, you just say, okay, it's absolutely normal. We all have these limiting beliefs because they just come from, you know, from the past and it's okay. And I see it now. And now I make a choice and I focus on what I want to create. I focus on where I want to go and I don't worry about the other because we all have it. And so that's, that's, that's what I do with my athletes, right? It's like really focusing on and becoming clear on what the heart wants. Where do I want to go with my sports career? And, you know, and then and then going from there. But that's it's not about fixing anything because there, there's nothing wrong with the athletes. It's just, you know. Yeah. Normal. So it's more like around um, kind of like the goal setting side of things and like writing down those objections and helping them achieve them and coming from more of a positive mindset as opposed to, yes, what's wrong with me? Yeah, absolutely. You know, focus all the energy on what you want and don't waste the energy on what you don't want. And I guess similarly could say, you know, like don't don't look at the circumstances. Don't give the circumstances the energy, but focus on what you can do, right? And that, that's also something I'm aware is very cliche and we heard it a thousand times, but that would be one of the things that I read when I was young. It's like, yeah, okay, but what does that mean? 
And it was just kind of like slipped my mind, right? But now I understand what that means. It's like we literally create everything in life. And the second you take full responsibility for that, you become very, very powerful, very powerful. And that's, that, that's a good thing. And so you work with a range of athletes. Um, what kind of sport um, do they perform in? Yeah, so we have a lot of, you know, you see the tennis racket in the back. <laughs> so we have a lot of tennis players. We have football players. We have fighters. Uh, no motorsport sport so far. No motorsport. <laughs> so far, though, that's the point so far. Um, and so do you feel like there's a difference uh, when it comes to mindset when it's an individual sport versus a team sport? Motorsports is, is quite a weird sport in the sense that it is a driver sport, but obviously it's a team environment and you're only as, I think, you're only as good as the team around you. Um, so is there much of a difference or have you worked with many teams versus individuals and seen any differences within yeah, so, you know, I, I think, yeah, there, there is differences, but in the end, like, look, for swimming, for example, you know, when I was swimming in Switzerland, I always thought, okay, it's an individual sport because this is how kind of how it's done here. You know, you go to a competition, you win a medal for yourself, you kind of train for your own goals and so on. And then I got to the United States for college and everything changed. You score only for the university team, right? Everything you do is for the team. And there's like 70 people on the team that are all pulling towards the same direction, the same goal. And it, all of a sudden it became a team sport. And I, you know, my performance jumped because of that. Because all of a sudden I was, wow, there's something bigger than just me. And so, 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 so yeah, there, there is a difference. And also like if you're playing in a team sport, it's like, okay, if somebody, it's out of your control. Right. You can lose. You can play the best game of your of, of your you know career and you can lose the match because somebody else is basically. But, you know, that's part of it. And and, you know, so there's a there's yeah, it's a bit more complex when when there's a team involved. But it's also, you know, I'm always saying if you have the middle line here, you have small problems. It's an opportunity for, you know, you have small opportunity. If you have a big ass problem, you have you have a, like the opportunity is huge. And so, yeah. you know, you can learn so much. How do you, how do you um, feel about this in motorsports yeah, and all that? As I said, yeah, it's definitely like it is a team sport. It's a quite a unique sport in the sense that there's the driver and, and there's the racing. Um, I'm a big believer and promoter of everybody needs to be training. Everybody needs to be on board. Like it shouldn't just be the driver training. Um, the whole team should be going to the gym. The whole team should be doing sports psychology or counselling sessions or just team building exercises. Like you certainly want everybody to be on the same page and not, you know, any personality conflicts. I think it's important that they do some sort of personality, um, you know, mind work within the team before starting. It, it is a business. I'm a big believer and a big promoter of motorsport is a business. And so therefore everybody has to be on the same team. When you're recruiting for a mechanic, the engineer, um, everybody has to gel to work together to make sure this driver gets onto the podium or yeah. wins, the, wins the race or finishes the race, whatever their objective is. But it no longer becomes about the driver and the ability. Yes, that plays a part. But And, mm -hmm. yes, it obviously depends on what category that you're racing. We've got 12 hours, endurance events, mm -hmm. short short sprints. So, yes, there's, there's a variance of um, difficulties and um issues that can occur but as long as everybody's working to the same objective of getting onto that podium um 
and everybody's in it together. Like we are one team. We're all doing it. And and I feel like as you go through the wrecks of motorsports, that does change. And I think people do struggle a little bit. First of all, they start generally at karting. Um, so it's a family sport. There's mum, mm-hmm. the hater, the, the chauffeur, the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Timekeeper, the the washer of the clothes, you know, like mm-hmm. there's and there's mum for the moral support and there's dad that's you know that ideally and I know that sounds derogative, I'm sure that there's different role plays, but anyway, um, you know, and then they do move up the ranks and then they do generally go into a team unless they elect to to run as a private tier, but then mm-hmm. they become involved with someone who's a team owner and they're hiring a car and and you know they have to pay if they crash it and there's more expenses and so as they go up through the ranks that responsibility and you know the parents start to drift off more as as higher that they go and they get more and more involved in that team environment and if they don't if the child is an introvert, they need to have those that skills, that mental skill set to be able to adapt to people's personalities, to fall all fall in within the team. But I, I think that that's a downfall on our motorsport industry here in Australia, that, you know, we don't do enough about that. Again, it's like going from job to job. Um, you're going to start to work with a new team and they haven't really said, hey, this is Sarah and this is her role and this is what she does and this is Bob and he's going to be an engineer and he's a mechanic and he's a um, going off the disc personality, he's a D um, or anything like that. And so working out where people have to work and I, and I think that a lot of drivers um, do lose opportunities or don't take up opportunities because they don't gel with the team at, on a testing day or, you know, during a, a series and, you know, they might pack up and take their sponsors with them or they might even just give up the sport altogether. But I think it's very important and I think that we fail up the system but I think there's a lot more that business owners of race teams could potentially do to, to gel that um, team environment. See, thanks for sharing that. See, I knew I can learn from you. I knew it. See, very interesting insights how, how it works in a motorsport industry. Yeah, very good. Thank you. No worries. Yeah. <laughs> just my it. little rant about the sport. Um, so obviously sports psychology is about getting that competitive edge, as we said. It's about just keeping focus, um, I guess for me, using pun on that finish line. Um, do you have any strategies of tips of people that – Really just starting out and, you know, like you said, it's not always about focusing on the negatives. Um, one thing that I provide my drivers is um, like a race report for them to fill out at the end of every race meet. Um, and it could be, you know, three things that you're grateful for, but it all could three things that, you know, that you made a mistake about. And, you know, those kind of things of like what what did you learn and what can you implement and what do you need to go learn more about? So I think there's five basic questions um, on this sheet that's in a book for them to go and, and do to analyse a race meeting, but not always in a negative, not always, hey, you had a crap weekend, now fill in this race report. I want them to fill it in being positives as well. How much of a difference does that make to a driver having that insight of, hey, I actually came here or I went to that race meeting or I played this tournament and I did this and that's what I learned or, you know, I succeeded here or I failed there, but now I've come here with that kind of learning basis. Yeah. So, you know, what you're saying, it's it's um, it's very good. I mean, it's it always helps to be aware of where you are. And you, I love that you're saying what you're learning, right? Because, look, the reason why why do we set goals in the first place is is not to get stuff. It's not to win championships, to win races. It's to grow. 
it's we, we want to grow and become the person that we are because you know like sport is just one part of our lives but it's actually really beautiful because we're kind of on the playground and we, we we're playing a game and we can learn so much for the rest of life right so what what i tell my athletes is that and you know i've learned that from my mentors is that what we're creating we want to be kind of separate from what we're creating we don't want to be eluded by the success that we're having and we don't want to be fooled by the failure that we're experiencing because it doesn't mean anything about you and your worth as a person you know you're not a better person when you know how to cook you're not a better person if you know how to drive a car you know you're it's about the learning so what i and, and i see that with kids a lot is that when they're overly obsessed with like winning especially at a young age, it's actually quite counterproductive because they're so focused on winning instead of learning. So that's why I loved when you were saying, you know, what am I learning? If you, if you, because, you know, you're going to be in your prime when you're a bit older, right? Because now it's all about the learning. And I'm saying like in tennis also, if you're losing games, so what? If you're losing and you're learning and learning is a choice. You know, if you make that choice and you look at, okay, I lost, but what am I learning? If you continue to do that, you're going to be the best player, the best racer. Like you're just, there's no other way. And if you look at like all these, you know, famous athletes is like, they all had their downs. They were crying on the pitch and like even the biggest names, but nobody remembers them for that. They remember them for all the great stuff that they did, but they went through the, the whole, yeah. right? So Focus on learning. That is that is beautiful. So I, I think yeah, it's good. It's um, and it's crude. Yeah, it's it, it's everything basically. You know, you win or you learn. That's right. And for me, from my perspective, again, for the grassroots, when generally it's the parents involved in the process, I feel like driving home it gives them an opportunity to build a better relationship, to have that open conversation, and to allow them to ask those kind of questions about their day so yes they do have a form but ideally I kind of promote to the parents ask the question so you have that conversation so they're not sitting back and over analyzing what they did like you said some people see their their loss to be a failure where it's actually not because they might have started the day off at this position like 20th um, and then they finished in 15th and they go oh I you know I've only um, made five positions in the day but there was actually so many positives yeah. of the day. They might have had the fastest lap of the race. Yeah. They could have been, um, you know, they could have beat the Australian champion or, you know, there's so many positives that people don't see it. And I feel like in society as we've aged that we don't look for those positives. So that's yeah. why. I'm yeah, that is, that is absolutely brilliant. And, you know, the Wright brothers that invented flying basically, right, when they were up in the air for the first time, I believe they had 12 seconds in the air. And, you know, everybody was saying, well, look, flying is never going to work. See, they crashed. They came down after 12 seconds. They're never going to do it. And they were like, hey, bro, we were up in the air for 12 seconds. This is freaking awesome. Let's do it again. Let's try it. Right? That's what they were focused on. And that's what it means to be like an optimist. Also very cliche, but that's what it is. You focus on what you want. You stick with your dream. And that 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 is beautiful what you said. You focus on because, yeah, you, you do something well all the time. Like you're as long as you're finding that and you focus on how you keep doing that you know it's just a matter of time and time is working for you which is which is what you want right yeah and we're also very big at our team um doing vision boards and so you know something that's only like done with pins so that, that vision can change over time as you grow every month every quarter um i'm very about 
um, about being goals that are being able to be reset. And it's not a matter of, you know, in December, setting out your goals for the next 12 months that ideally like they can have a little bit of fluid to them um, because things do change and climate changes like COVID. <laughs> we've been, we're just coming out of our fourth lockdown. So we've been in and out, in and out. So the, the industry as a whole has kind of been um, on eggshells, I guess, over the last 18 months around like when we can race and can't race. And so people have been restricted to what categories or race uh, races they wanted to actually perform in. So you you know, you might have had to change your goals from racing a national series to racing a state-based series. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's still okay. Um, and, and I think it's about giving yourself that permission to say, it's okay if my goals do change. They don't have to stay there and, you know, not be achieved. Goals are there just to be slightly tethered um, accordingly to to life, really. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm with you. Um, yeah. yeah, the one thing I want to want to say with this, like, I mean, I, I 100% agree. And then also, I think it's beautiful, though, if you have a vision that is because we always say, or I try to convey to my athletes that your dream doesn't depend on your on the circumstances, you know, so if there's somebody coming to me, say a football player, and he's saying, well, you know, my dream is this, but now it doesn't work because of COVID. It's like, you know, your dream shouldn't depend on, on the circumstances. But what you're saying is you have to adjust to that, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But then it still helps to have like a vision of where you want to be in five years or in 10 years. You don't have to put a timeline on it, but just know what you want without looking at the, the, the circumstances that you have. Like, for example, if you're in motorsport, you need a lot of money, right, for the material and, and so on. So if you say, oh, I can, I can, I would want to be a Formula One driver, but I don't have the money to go there. It's like you limit yourself completely because you never know. You, If you know what you want and you can convey that message and you carry yourself like that, all of a sudden you meet, you just need to meet one person that believes in you and everything changes. Like literally your whole life, you can maybe not change the whole world, but for sure somebody can change your life completely, right? So one connection one opportunity is all you need sometimes. So that's why and, you never want to limit yourself. And so many Aussies that I know where they are today and, and previously have had just that one connection. And that's why I say to everybody, yes, you are a walking billboard, but not in the sense of wanting to, um, you know, promote your services to everybody and and promoting your um, sponsors, but you are in the sense that you're just wanting that one person that's really going to take an interest because they do and they can change the path of your career. That's right. And guess what? Those people will feel attracted to you as a driver if you know what you want, if you can be yourself because you become very magnetic. Leaders are so magnetic because they know where they're going. And people want to follow them. People feel attracted to them. But you know, you need to know what you want. And you got to be like, you, you want to be as much as of yourself as you, because you, then you can express yourself if you don't worry about what other people think. And so you can just express yourself. And you might have some some haters, but every every person that is like, you know, is going up there will have some people that have something to say, because nowadays everybody can do that from the internet. But it doesn't matter. So you want to know where you're going because if you can convey that, if you have a dream and you can communicate that dream, it is just very, very, very magnetic. And, you know, people, the fact is people want to help you. It's like yeah. they, lo- they love helping you. So, yeah. 
and that's like one of the first things that we do with our clients in our career development program, which is our off track off track development side of things is that when people are looking for sponsorship, the first project we actually do is to identify your values. Yeah, cool. And people are like, what? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why does my values make like any difference? How, how's that going to make me money? And it's like, because people invest in you. Like, it doesn't matter what you put in your presentation, it doesn't matter what your sponsorship packages are, yeah. but people are looking for who you are and exactly what you're saying, Dave, about being authentic and yeah. they want to know who you are. And so, what again, we do the values and then I get them to write you know, a one paragraph to wrap up all the important things of, you know, who they are, what they want to be known for. We do a whole project, like it's a full, um, we've got an online course and we actually do a full um, module around that. And by the end of it, um, it should have like this one paragraph that should be everywhere on all their social medias and all their LinkedIn. Perfect. It's like, yeah. I am this, I believe in that. I want to be known for this and this is what's important to me. And if you agree with me, I'd love to have you on board as a sponsor. But people don't comprehend the importance of those three or four, you know, easy questions to ask. But it's like it's important because people need to know who you are. Yeah, yeah. And, and that is so beautiful. And they need to know as an athlete, you know, who, who are they? Who do they want to be known as? And I say, do you want to be known as that dirty driver that always takes out drivers? Do you want to be known as the guy that's always on pole? Do you, or do you want to be known as that, that friendly driver? Like whatever you want to be known for, that's fine. But it's up to you to decide that. No one else can decide about until you know. You don't know what your purpose is. So you can't go and ask people to invest in you if you don't know who you are as a person when it comes to motorsports or to the, the sport. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, yeah, 100%, yeah. And, and also based, if you make that decision, like based around values, you know, you can even have different opinions, but if the values are the same, that is, it's actually almost in it within a group. It's like magic because I cannot expect that you and I have the same opinions on everything, but if we make our decisions based on shared values, then we can always make the best decision for the whole organization, like as a whole. Right. And that's why the values, I mean, yeah, and, and it's one of those things, again, that school doesn't teach us. It's not like that they tell you, hey, you know, take take two hours and, you know, sit down and think about what your values are, right? They, they don't do that. So we got to do it on our own. But it's like one of the most powerful things you can do because you learn so much about yourself. And that's what it is. You want to learn who you are. You want to understand yourself because when you understand yourself, you ultimately going to understand other people better as well if you just – so, yeah, it's beautiful. I like that. You guys start with that. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, Debbie, you did mention before, like the power of, I guess, what cycle is about unlearning and, you know, just embedding yourself. And do you have any avenues, books, resources, programs um, that people can look into? Or what's your best way to learn more? Is it just about taking in content or is it actually doing exercise? Ah, you got to do it, like with everything. You can't just like sit there and watch doesn't work like that. So every, for example, every athlete that works with me one-on-one -on -one has to commit 10 to 15 minutes a day to do some kind of daily routine. Like they can kind of choose what they what, what works best for them. I just give them the tools, but they have to use repetition because there's so much power in repetition. Just think about every move that you mastered in life, you have mastered through repetition. 
There's well, literally not racing Dave, like the, the track, like they're doing, Everything. you know, anywhere from eight to, to, you know, depending on the race requirement, they could be doing eight to 24 hours around the racetrack. So repetition is key. Yeah, and motorsport knows that, right? So, I mean, the coordination, hands, like like everything is repetition, right? So, and it's with the mind, it's exactly the same thing. If you do it once a month, if you go to the gym once a month, nothing happens. If you go once a week, it's a bit better. But if you start to do it every other day, my, I mean, the growth is just phenomenal, right? So it's repetition. And the easiest way that I – so what I would recommend is we have a YouTube channel. It's just a tribe of athletes. And I try to keep it very, you know, engaging for like the younger audience and make the videos not too long. Just like our chat here, we say, you know, 20, 30 minutes is like a sweet spot. It's quite short on YouTube. So that's a good resource, I think, to get into it. And again, I'm just saying, try it on for size and don't believe everything that I'm saying. And, you know, just do your own research. And then the other thing is we do a confidence and we call it the unshakable confidence workshop. It's free. We do that in July. And, um, so if you go on thetribeofathletes.com, which is our website, you know, you can register there. Um, and that's like a five-day event where we meet for an hour a day. And I think that's also a very cool place because we have athletes and coaches coming together to develop those powerful mental habits for, for greatness. And the cool thing is, you know, it allows us to do it with coaches and athletes together because – you know, some of those habits are very, very difficult to develop by our own. But if we come with the coach, if we come with the team, it's like a different story when everybody knows about it. So I think those two things would be good. Fantastic. Yeah, we'll definitely put those links into the today's show notes. Um, so if you're interested, head over to the YouTube or the show notes and grab the link to sign up to David's course. David, we're hitting our time for tonight. Thank you for all of yeah. your but um, do you have any last words of wisdom or advice you'd love to give our up-and-coming drivers? Ah, just um, thank you for having me. That was wonderful. And um, you have very good energy. You're a good host. And, um, yeah, I wish you all the best. And let's stay in touch, huh? I'm no journalist, but I am passionate about what I do. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's, I mean, that, that, that is, isn't that what, what, isn't that what we need? Like the passion for what we do love what we do and then we stick with it we're gonna you know we're gonna get better that's it thanks. but you are already awesome i'm just saying <laughs> thanks <Dave. laughs> well again all of david's details will be in the today's show notes so please head over and check out his content as i said he does have a lot of free resources available so both um, for coaches and athletes do you have any stuff around parents not not uh, not on the YouTube channel and not no mm -mm. <laughs> not yet not yet not yet not yet but stay tuned um, yeah. we'll have some stuff around the parents uh, but I guess I, look Belinda even for the parents like you know if you're learning about this yeah I mean you know my yeah yeah learn about this listen to it and then there's so much good content there's books on this I mean just you know get into it and see see what it does to you. Wow, it's, it's love to see how like your life has transpired over the last three years since learning about sports psychology. It's very exciting. It's great to hear your passion as well. So I wish you all the best with all your athletes. Do you have any going to the Olympics? Ah, uh, yeah, uh, we we have a, an Olympic champ, so she's a mother of three as well. So whoo, let's see if she can do it again. Triathlon. Oh, fantastic! One of my favorite sports. You'll have to give me her name later. Yeah. Um, I'll be looking forward to it. Again, Dave, thank you very much for joining me tonight and um, we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Bye. Ciao.
Well, thanks everyone for listening to this week's show. I really hope you enjoyed that one as much as I did. Now, remember all the show notes with the links and the specials mentioned in today's show are available over at motivatetraining.com.au. If you haven't already, I'd really appreciate if you could head to iTunes or Stitcher, type in Motorsport Coaching, subscribe and leave us a review. Each week, I'll read them out and you'll go into monthly draw to win a fantastic prize. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at motivatetraining.com.au or head over to our Facebook page at Motivate to Tea. Until next time, take care.